1: In this episode of Pop Culture Weekly, I'm joined by Deadline.com Senior Editor Dom Patton. We talk all about the strike, a look at summer season, and what we can look forward to this fall in the movies. Let's go! Welcome to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon from iHeartRadio. Your pop culture news, views, reviews, and celebrity interviews on all the movies, TV, music, and pop culture you crave weekly. Here's Kyle McMahon. Na, na, na. Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon. I, of course, am Kyle McMahon, and thank you for joining me. I can't thank you enough. Every week, you tune in and hit me up and tell me what you think and tell me what you're seeing and what you're loving, what you're not loving, what you're listening to, and I just love it all. You guys are awesome, and you make this show what it is. And you're also sharing it. You know, you're sharing your favorite episodes on social and all, and I can't thank you enough for that because that makes us continue to grow. Also, your Apple podcast reviews do huge things for us, so thank you for doing that if you've done that. And if you haven't yet, consider it. You know, give an honest review, and I might just feature your review right here on the show. Today I'm excited because I'm talking to, once again, Dominic Patton, Dom is senior editor with Deadline Hollywood, which, you know, Deadline.com is such a huge resource for me and always has been. I go to Deadline.com multiple times a day because they have a full staff that is incredibly um, on top of everything that's breaking in Hollywood. So, you know, movies, TV, music, they are covering it with in-depth reporting I love Deadline. And so I'm excited to talk to Dom today about The Strike. Now going, you know, into its, what, fourth? Uh, It started in May, May, June, July, August, fifth month of The Strike. And, you know, where things stand as they are now, when we can expect the artists and creatives to, you know, get what they're due. And what happens if, if they don't come to an agreement, all that stuff. We're going to cover it all with Dom. I'm also going to ask him about, you know, 2023, this summer movie season was pretty incredible with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Of course, the big Barbenheimer double feature people were doing, which I loved and did myself. And what Dom is looking forward to this fall. You know, I'm a big horror fan. And so there's some horror movies I'm looking forward to as well as some other titles. So. We talk all about that. Let's get right into my conversation with Dominic Patton from Deadline.com. I am here with Dominic Patton, Senior Editor for Deadline Hollywood. Welcome back. Thanks for speaking with me, Dom.
0: Oh, always a pleasure, my man.
1: Me as well. So first of all, as I talk about all the time, I'm at Deadline.com for breaking news multiple times a day. Obviously, right now, the big news is the strike. What is the status of that uh, as of this recording?
0: I mean, it's kind of all blown up again, Kyle. I mean, you know, you had the studios finally reached out to the Writers Guild, who are the predominant uh, union in this, the Actors Guild, SAG Afro on strike two. But they reached out to them uh, not long after. And I mean, literally a matter of hours after my colleague Peter White and I wrote a story about some back channeling that was happening between them all there had been no talks over 101 days so they had eclipsed the 19 the the 2007 2008 strike which went on for 100 days and they said let's talk you know is that quote from the Bible come let us reason together turned out wasn't a lot going on there a lot of talks not really a schedule it was kind of like a day here a day here that studios made a proposal on August 11th, and they saw it was an unprecedented proposal, and they were addressing all the things that the, the Guild wanted, residuals, uh, metrics in terms of transparency on streamers, AI, writer's rooms, the whole deal. Didn't seem to go over so well. Writer's Guild respond. A little bit of tension. So on Monday, August 21st, the studios and streamers reached out to the Writers Guild and said, we would like to meet with you personally. Now we'd like to have a talk. And they really seem to imply, according to what we hear, that they wanted to make a deal. Like enough is enough, let's do this, we're done. Like we're at over 110 days now. Writers Guild went to the meeting. Meeting turned out that some of the biggest deal makers in Hollywood, like Ted Sarandos, Warner Brothers Discovery boss David Zaslav, Universal boss Donna Langley, and Disney boss Bob Iger, to name a few who were in the room at this offsite meeting, they were not so good at reading the room. Mm. It seems that according to the WGA, they were given a lecture about how they should be so thankful for what they're being offered, and come on, guys, just go with it and take it. And the WGA said, well, hold on. What you're offering us or what you offered us almost two two weeks ago reads good at the top line. But when you get into the details, they refer to a lot of loopholes and limitations and stuff like that. And that's issues that we need to deal with. And these issues need to be dealt with in a comprehensive way. We're not going to pick them off as you guys tend to like to do in your negotiations. And supposedly, the studios were aghast that the The writers uh, didn't immediately accept what they were offered and feel so thankful and and were shocked. and so last on august twenty second, literally less than half an hour after the meeting was uh, was concluded, so around eight o'clock at night, the AMPTP, who represents the studios and streamers in these negotiations, sent out a a press release with saying, oh my God, look at this great thing we gave to them on August 11th, and it's all full of this great stuff and amazing, and this is incredible. Now, these two sides are supposed to have a media blackout. Obviously, at Deadline.com, we have sources on both sides, and we're talking to a lot of people, so we know a lot of what's going on. But officially, they have a media blackout. Clearly, they did not have a media blackout on August 22nd. So this thing comes out, and again, Top line looks really good. We're going to give them all this money. We're going to do all this stuff. Controls over all sorts of things. More transparency than ever with these confidential memos. But then you go down into the fine print. And oddly enough, the AMPTP included an appendix, which had all this fine print. And when you started reading it, a lot of these deals look kind of shaky, defining, well, yes, you can do this, but who is doing this? What now constitutes a showrunner? All this sort of stuff in there. I'm telling you guys all this stuff because here's here's the punchline about four hours later the wga responded and they basically called bs and said this was not a negotiation this meeting was an attempt to make us cave to quote them they kind of followed up on stuff that we have reported earlier that you know the 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 strategy of the mptp is this divide and conquer hope to turn them against each other and make the writers some of the writers force their leadership to take a deal, just Mm. to get a deal. Obviously, a lot of people are hurting economically, both in the industry and all around L.A. County. You know, the guy who provides the red plastic cups for catering, he's not providing them because there's nothing to cater now. The dry cleaners, the guy who provides lumber for the set designers and production designers, that's not happening. So we're seeing a multi-billion dollar blast radius here. And the writers are simply saying at this point, um you're you're not bargaining with us you just want to jam us up and we're not going to do that so it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes next now you have to always know there are three things that are always true about hollywood labor negotiations which i've been covering for about 12 years and any negotiation one nobody gets everything they want Mm -hmm. two eventually there is a deal at the end of the somewhere Somehow, it might a mediator might come in, it might be force. it might be this, someone might finally figure out a mechanism, but there's always a deal. And the third thing is, there's a reason they call this show business and not show friends.
1: <laughs>
0: and that a lot of these people who are adversaries now, both internally and, and between the parties or the unions and the studios, will obviously be working together in the future at one point. But I do think that this has become an inflection point now, and I think if there was any notion that there was going to be some sort of quick agreement, and look, I'll add I'll add a fourth one to this list. Everybody's posturing at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the AMPTP really, really strategically misread uh, the situation, and in releasing that August eleventh proposal, um, have put themselves in a position where probably the most strident and militant union in Hollywood, the Writers Guild has become even more strident and militant in the past 72 hours or so. Wow.
1: So, you know, we're at the point, we're almost at four months now. Um, are we getting to the point where this is going to start? I mean, obviously it was always going to affect uh, uh, production and, and has, it's stopped, but are we getting to a point where as consumers, we're gonna see um, huge gaps in the pipeline or less content um, now that we're getting to, you, you know, we're really getting, um, in an extended period here
0: well i mean i I think you what you're is there going to be dead air on network television no is there going to be drama on network television not a lot of original drama you know abc will be replaying ms marvel which they debuted on disney Mm plus that's also partially to promote um the marvels movie which is coming out in november and that's an important thing Let's remember, it's not just the WGA on strike now. It's also the Actors Union, SAG Afro. So not only do you have nothing being created anew, but you don't have anyone promoting anything. Mm -hmm. So when you have a movie like Blue Beetle, which is a groundbreaking movie, especially in terms of Latino representation and what have you, um, with some big names in it, George Lopez and many others, none of those people went out and promoted that movie. So Warner Brothers are left with a, a, a multi-million dollar movie that isn't looking like it's going to recoup anything soon. Its opening weekend was certainly underwhelming, to put it mildly. Um, few, you know, even Fran Drescher, the head of SAG-AFTRA, said that she now believes that the, the 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 studios and streamers' desire for an extra twelve days in the negotiation with the actors' union was just so they could promote things like Oppenheimer and Barbie. Wow, and to some degree, the latest Mission Impossible. So. When you look at what's going to be on your screen in what would be the fall season, starting in about a month, you're going to have stuff on your screen. A lot of it's unscripted. You're going to see a lot of, I would say, uh, chess moves. So Ms. Marvel on ABC, Yellowstone, which has been on Paramount and obviously on the streaming and very, very successful, is now going to have its first season on CBS. Lots of moves around like that. New stuff, which usually would have been several episodes in the can by now, going into a fall season, which usually would have started with production and writing happening in April, May. Clearly, that didn't happen with the WGA going on strike. That's not going to happen. Um, I think we're getting to the point where you might not even be able to really resurrect a mid season slate of dramatic uh, mm. scripted uh, originals. So, like seeing Blue Bloods come back in January or stuff like that. Um, the saving grace. Perhaps for linear TV, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, what have you, is sports, Mm -hmm. specifically the NFL, which still is alive and kicking, pardon the pun. Um, Otherwise, it's going to be thin gruel, I would say, for the most part. Yeah. now it's a little different with the streamers they have stuff in the pipeline and they're not really they're not really held to a standard in terms of the advertising uh expectations and what have you though all of them do have an ad tier now um but still even they are going to see uh the pipeline's going to start dwindling to some degree and Netflix have obviously been in the forefront doing a vast amount of international purchases you know we joke if you had a show that was big in Spain three years ago Everyone in America is going to see the first two seasons of it on Netflix (laughs) next year. But I feel like whatever is attracting people still to linear TV, that contract, so to speak, has has borderline been breached. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know. I mean, the NFL is always the great powerhouse. And it has been for years as we've seen uh, linear ratings decline. I don't know if you're going to be able to get people back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was reading a piece uh, recently that said for the first time ever, there was more streaming hours um, last month than uh, linear television watching hours, which, um, I, you know, for me was was kind of uh, that's like uh, an alarm in my head, like, uh oh, you know, it's finally happened and it's only going to. Uh, I would assume continue to go that way, and as you said, with the NFL kind of being, you know, the only saving grace in the fall for linear television. Um, if if things aren't put together uh, for midseason, I think it's going to be a, 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 a even bigger drop. You know,
0: I mean, you look now. You might see you might see advantages also emerge because as that famous expression of former White House Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> you know, AMC has things like the Walking Dead Daryl Dixon spinoff with Norman Reedus, which could attract a lot of uh, a lot of heat now. I don't think it'll get back to the numbers of Walking Dead had in his heyday. Um, but it's certainly, ha- you know, that is all done and in, in the can. Norman will obviously not be promoting that. He can't promote that uh, as a member of sag ever, But that has possibilities and that, you know but if you start looking at network a lot of NFL a lot of a lot of sports and a lot of um unscripted mm-hmm. you know a lot of unscripted again apple tv is going to have season 3 of the morning show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon that might attract attention too but but you know this is streaming the streaming works on a different a different uh it works on a different timeline altogether it's very hard to see if you see something like Uh, Season 12 of American Horror Story, debuting on FX in September 20th, I believe. It's very hard to see, like among all that jumble, how you're going to attract viewers. Remember, part of what viewership is about is this mysterious cauldron of appointment viewing and kind of flow. So, you know, you turn on the TV to watch something at 830 that you love, Abbott Elementary, and you kind of hang with it for the rest of the night. And the networks depend on that to some extent. That's very, very hard to see. Do I think things like The Continental, the John Wick prequel of sorts that Peacock is going to have on September 22nd? Again, it's done. Mm -hmm. They can't really, there are no no actors to promote it, which is going to make it harder. Um, But it's still there and it's something out there. But again, that's streaming. Streaming has that advantage for now. That is going. That is going to fade as well. You just can't keep this thing going endlessly. And no matter how many celebrity Jeopardies or Celebrity Wheel of Fortunes, Survivor, Amazing Race, Mass Singer, et cetera, et cetera, Bachelor, Golden Bachelor, et cetera, et cetera, eventually someone's going to want to see a, an old, an old-fashioned procedural. Yeah. And if they're not finding it on TV, they're going to go to the streamers. And again, regardless of how this all plays out, if they solve this this week, it's still going to take at least two months for shows to show up on television it's going to hit into whatever scheduling and planning which is actually a massive deal and you know the kind of the kind of secret underbelly of all this so you getting to watch the shows that you love chicago pd fd whatever it is or again blue bloods (laughs) or whatever it is you want to watch that's not even going to happen anyway so you're kind of planning it's like you're planning for a vacation if the weather doesn't go badly yeah and you know X Factors galore in that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a little different when you get to the big screen. But you know, some of those are hard to tell. You know, the Aquaman sequel, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, coming out from Warner Brothers, been moved a bunch of times right now. It's for December 20th. But you know, they're looking at those Blue Beetle numbers. Yeah. They're they're like, we if we don't have Jason out there, Momoa, if we don't have Jason out there pushing this or Amber Heard or anything. What are we going to get? Yeah, we're going to hope we're going to hope people are going to want to show up again, a little bit of a, a different thing that's happening with things like, for instance, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby in Napoleon, which is going to end up on, on on Apple eventually, or you've got the new Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, um, killers of the flower moon. Sorry, actually, that, that one is Apple, which is going to be in screens and then show up on Apple. So, you know, big screen has a little bit of wiggle room because of the new realities yeah but again no leo to promote it yep i guess in this case martin scorsese is his own brand so you can work on that one but it's very hard to get people into things when the things that attract them the shiny baubles of celebrity are no longer part of the equation
1: yeah it's it's quite fascinating and makes at least on my end for um uh, creative, um, trying to get creative on ways to keep a, a celebrity interview show with um, no celebrity interviews. So that's been fun. But um, uh, step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business? Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and
1: conditions, 18 plus. You know, one thing that I think is interesting is that through all this, uh, this summer, looks like it the, the the movie season could end up being a $4 billion season, which would uh, take us back to pre-pandemic times, um, which I think tells us the power of movie going that I think there was a lot of, especially during and immediately after the pandemic, there was a lot of kind of uh, people, I feel like, scare talking. You know, it's, a, it's, it's never going back to that. And uh, this is the new reality and that sort of thing. And I think Barbie, especially in Oppenheimer and Super Mario Brothers, um, to an extent, have all shown that uh, people will still go um and and so i think that's kind of come at an interesting time in all of these uh, negotiations as um as y- you know those numbers are showing that people will um will generally you know s- still go to the theater if they see a reason to now of course those are both in my opinion um i don't want to say flash in the pans they're incredibly i i oppenheimer's one of my top 10 favorite films and barbie was amazing um. However, the, you know, those are kind of lightning in a bottle sort of thing. But I,
0: but, but, I, but I think that's I think the, I think your phrasing is actually really on Flash did not do so well, <laughs> yeah. my friend. Yeah. After all the Ezra Miller scandals, after basically like a, a film that is is a cameo fest. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, but if you've ever seen anyone who's ever been associated with a DC hero movie, you might be seeing them in this movie. Um. And it's no spoiler to say the amazing michael keaton mm-hmm. the first of the uh, the 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 contemporary big screen Batman's shows up in fact almost every batman shows up except christian bale and val kilmer um you know i think uh shazam sequel yeah not so much yeah you know i think that there there were a lot of these that that kind of flamed out and so i think at the same time as what you're saying you know the last fast and the furious movie did okay you know did all right again incredibly big name heavy, top heavy. I'm wondering if amidst all this with the strikes and the changes in our viewership, and let's admit, as you said earlier, streaming has become the predominant medium and it has, and whether or not you wanna argue or if it, it ruins our, our collective experience, or you wanna be honest with yourself and say, Hey, studio executive i don't know about you but last time i was in a movie theater there were three guys like on their phone the whole time there was popcorn on the bottom of my shoe i couldn't hear the thing half the time you know whatever there's some realities and i I do actually think that's a whole other argument that Mm -hmm. needs to be had about the future of cinema like why aren't the cinemas cathedrals of art as opposed to like you know seemingly closets in shopping malls um you know, I think that you might see something interesting happen with the Equalizer three, which of course has the amazing Denzel Washington in it, who is a multi generational star. And you know, you just have to see a picture of Denzel smiling, and you're you're pretty much going to be promoted into that movie. <laughs> but I, I think that all these changing habits are occurring. One thing, when you look at movies, at least you know, and this is a a, a, a pithy analysis of it, but Franchises are failing, brother.
1: Yeah, they really I mean, are.
0: Guardians of the Galaxy three, Volume three, it, it did it, made it, it, made it. But like, if you really look at what made it this summer, and you know, if you want to call Barbie a flash in the pan or Oppenheimer lightning in a bottle, but these were original things. You know, what Greta Gerwig did with 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 Barbie, what Christopher Nolan did with Oppenheimer, you can have legitimate discussions about the values of that, the pros and cons. But you are talking about a form of artistry. I feel like we might come out of this with a very different landscape for the big screen as well. And it might be one that is not so superhero friendly anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I find that, you know, what you're saying, extremely interesting. Um, Barbie, you know, and Oppenheimer are such original uh, besides, you know, besides the uh the fact that they are first um meaning it's not a franchise per se um they are extremely original films from you know the cinematography i mean everything about them uh is is amazing and i hope that hollywood does take notice to that uh because i i hear all the time from listeners and and readers and stuff that uh you know they're getting fatigue and I know people have been saying about superhero fatigue forever, but, um, but it's, I feel like what they're really saying is it's, they want more original stuff. Uh, they want more creative stuff. They don't want cookie cutter stuff all the time. Um, and I, I hope that that I hope, you know, executives, uh, take note of that. Um, because it has been a very interesting time this summer with what's worked and what hasn't.
0: But but, I mean, part of the question is though, Kyle is, can they, you know, yeah. Hollywood is is built on many things, but stability and longevity are one of them. To make a film is a three-year process, often at best, and that's the fast tracking, right? So you've got the stuff. I mean, The Flash is a great example. Ezra Miller was involved in so many scandals that, by any other definition, it was a career killer. Yeah, but he is literally, often twice. No spoiler meant, but if you know the film's been out for a bit, so you know often twice in every scene of the movie. So at a 200 plus million dollar budget, what are you going to do? Like this isn't Kevin Spacey in in playing John Paul Getty, you know, pull him out and bring Christopher Plummer in, right? This is Ezra Miller as the flash. The movie's called the flash. He's in it all the time. So you're kind of, you're kind of stuck. You got to go with it. Like you can't pivot fast enough to change this. So, I think that that's also part of it is there's still going to be at least another year of this odd, uncomfortable, and perhaps unprecedented uh, friction in terms of what's actually getting people in theaters. You know, The Last Mission Impossible did not save cinema like the way the Top Gun sequel did with Tom Cruise the year before. To see how something like Napoleon or, or Killer Moon does, which are, if you use the criteria that we're talking about, you know, they are original. I mean, I know there's been other movies about Napoleon and and what have you, but let's be honest. Yeah, really. I mean, this is basically, you know, this is 18th century gladiator. Right. You know, even with one of the same actors from gladiator. So, you know, he's playing he's playing to his strengths, but with the original content, whether or not, you know, you're interested in the Emperor Napoleon or not. But. Will that work or was Oppenheimer like, well, that just ha- Oppenheimer was the counter-programming to Barbie. There was this great symmetry where you saw, you know, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie holding up Oppenheimer tickets as well. Like people are kind of like, just get the cinemas open, get people in. Is that going to continue? I mean, Napoleon and Killer Moon are are both Apple properties, ultimately. Um, how does Apple promote that? And also then to a certain degree, how much does Apple really care? Yeah. Yes, they won an Oscar for Coda. Yes, they have a, a pretty um a muscular streaming service with some really great shows, some of which everybody knows, Ted Lasso, some of which people forget about, like for all mankind. But that ain't where they make their box, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, I, people like you know, if you buy a new Apple phone, you get Apple TV for like, a, I don't know, a year for free or something like that. Like. They're about product, mm-hmm. you know, and they're now moving, obviously, into, into a VR range that might leave Facebook slash meta in the dust. So that's a whole new landscape. And then you got to consider that with all these talks and all these negotiations. One thing that was very interesting about 2007, 2008, the writers, and it feels like ancient times if you think about it. But if you remember back then, you could go onto iTunes and download a movie. Right. It took like five hours to do it or five days we could download a tv show right i remember once downloading i don't know if people remember it um uh studio 60 on the sunset strip oh yeah yeah. after west wing and i was in europe with family in the summer of 2008 and so before i left new york to that i downloaded like most of that season of that well i bought it and downloaded it off apple right again i left my computer went away for a day came back it was there so but in 2007 2008 the writers guild one of their major sticking points was this notion of, well, what's all that going to turn into? Like, clearly it's not going to stop with someone buying a show for four ninety nine. dollars There's more to this. And of course, the more to this was Netflix and then Amazon and then everybody else with streaming and streaming becoming where you're at. So I wonder, with a lot of talk about AI and how that is planting seeds for another revolution, which it may or may not, um, it's always hard to tell with new technologies. But the, the other element of this is, what about things like, uh virtual reality and the metaverse and what have you like are you let's say the cinemas pick up on what we're putting down they say you know what Dominic and Kyle are right we got to fix these up we got to have grown-ups in there not not teenagers who don't care we got to make sure these are beautiful places the food's got to improve the quality of improve we've got to make sure no one's on their phone watch out for acts of violence blah 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 right they do all that and then you and I get these little eye sets and a headphone we put on, and we just experience Star Wars for real in the back of a Tie Fighter in our own living room. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And suddenly, all those exhibitors are like, "We can't give this stuff away."
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting time, and and um and actually thinking about the future, not as far as that, but um the fall. Uh what what do we have to look forward to to the fall? I know I'm looking forward to uh some of the horror um uh, films that are coming out and and American horror stories. You
0: mean like mean like Saw X?
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh The Nun too. I'm a huge Conjuring yeah. Universe fan. I love any horror um, and of course I'm looking forward to the the new installment of American Horror Story. We should uh, see how that turns out. Um and and uh, the uh, both of the, the Apple New Exodus films.
0: movie? There's a new Exodus yes. movie. Exodus Believer.
1: Yes, that those uh, I'm excited about that. What what do yeah. what do people have? You know, what are we what are the big things you're you're thinking is gonna hit this this fall?
0: Well, I'll start on the big screen, I'll move to the small screen. Okay. Big screen. Killers of the Flower Moon, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese, holy trinity of American cinema. I would say uh, The Exorcist Believer because I love The Exorcist movies. Yeah. Um, Ordinary Angels with uh, Hillary Swink, I think is, is going to be very interesting. Remember, uh, Fly, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon will be in theaters and then it will be on Apple. Napoleon from Ridley Scott with Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby. Really looking forward to that. Never really understood why people are into Napoleon, but... Always understand why people are into Ridley Scott. Absolutely. Um, and that, again, is also going to be in theaters. It's going to be on a small screen. Um, I think uh, the new Ava DuVernay film, based on the Isabella Wilkinson movie cast, doesn't have a date yet, doesn't have a distributor, debuting at the Venice Film Festival. But Ava is always an interesting, groundbreaking filmmaker. Yeah. This is her first return to the big screen in several years, having moved mainly into television I and mean, Emmy-winning shows like When They See Us. So that should be very interesting to see. Um, Sophia Coppola's Pr- Priscilla. I mean, I know we got Elvis last year, but I got to tell you, I think the Priscilla story slightly also based on tragic current events in her life and her family's life could be the more interesting one. Mm. I think that as I said before, Equalizer 3, because it's Denzel, dude. Absolutely. Um, I, I think those, those are some really, really interesting ones. Interesting to see, you know, we talk a lot at Deadline, especially our box office, Maestro Anthony Delessandro, about you know, where is the tipping point that the, the labor strife could bring? For instance, if the Dune sequel is moved, if Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom are moved again, that's going to show, okay, this is a write-off this year, you know? So yeah. I think things like that are are really out there. So those are ones I'm really looking to there. There's a new version of The Color Purple, obviously, well, you know, coming out on Christmas. Hey, again, the musical, hopefully. musical version? Uh, hopefully. I think those are good. you know, we talked a little bit about some stuff. Um... I'm a big Walking Dead fan. So I'm into Walking Dead Daryl Dixon. I'm basically like what took you so long. <laughs> I'm also into we don't you know, when it comes out the the one uh the Michonne and uh Rick Grimes want a miniseries, that is gonna be oh, interesting. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Is that this fall?
0: Uh I think so. Okay. I'm I think I think that one's also, or maybe early next year, but you know, again, these are also movable features. Yeah. Uh American horror story always interests me, you know, even if it's even if it's just a to, to hate watch. Yes. <laughs> um, I think I think those are those some of those are fun. Um, I, I think, you know, there's gonna be a new season of Top Boy uh on Netflix, season three, which is the final season. So I'm into that. So there's the um the Boys spinoff Gen V, which is coming, I believe, at the end of September on Amazon. You know, I love The Boys; I just think they're amazing. So let's see where that goes. So I think there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, the the question is, is you know, is it uh, you know, there's another yet another one of the power franchises coming out, Power Force. Um, the question is, like anything in this era, and we're still in the era of peak TV, even if it doesn't seem like it right now it's finding all this yeah you know yeah you no know, recently we had the 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 third and final season of Reservation Dogs which isn't quite over yet but almost Reservation Dogs one of the most acclaimed shows around though snubbed endlessly at the Emmys but amidst all this with the labor strife with with, with the industry shifts and changes, and stuff like that it felt felt like unfortunately this incredibly original show got overlooked because we're just trying to all figure out where this goes yeah you know i like to use my my uncle steve and my auntie rose who are in their 80s now i often use them as a barometer because they don't know anything they they, maybe they know who ted sarandos is but they don't really know any of these guys are right they know some guy runs disney but they don't know who these people are we talk about all the time but for them there's some real stuff of real shows they love like blue bloods right and when to them when that's not on when when their man tom Selleck is not coming back That feels like a disruption to them Mm -hmm. and not the type of disruption that corporate types love to brag about. So then you find yourself, I think, in a situation, and this is the greatest unknown of all of this. At what point do you lose people? Yeah. At what point does TV or cinema become a CD? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, I don't do CDs, dude. They're not even good coasters anymore. I got Spotify. I got Amazon. I got Apple Music. I got 500 million songs in my phone why would i buy a cd yeah you know and someone goes oh sound quality and you're like i listen to it on my headphones dude it's compressed i don't care right you know like if that's what you're worried about you clearly have never heard the entire history of radio right you know so like (laughs) um it's 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 the chinese have that expression you know hope you live in interesting times But interesting times doesn't always mean interesting in the good way. Yeah. It also means interesting in the unsteady way. And I think that that's where we're at here. Whether or not these technologies end up being used for what they think they're going to be used for, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. But what I do know is that there are a lot of storm clouds from the strikes to the change in technology to AI to viewing habits to the monetization because people aren't making the money they want to. I mean, now the streamers are so expensive. I did some math recently they've all hiked their prices so much. If you have the majority of the streamers now, it's like you're paying for cable. Again. Right. It's like about a hundred bucks. Right. right? So funny? you're like, why don't, man, this is, like we got cord cutting Are we're going to have, are we going to have uh broadband cutting soon? And right. People are just going to go <laughs> down to one or like, going to be like, look, I want my Netflix and my Disney for my kid. And that's it. I'm done.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And that that's actually a, another um, episode I want to talk to you about in the future is uh, h- how much, um, you know, when do we cut it off because of, how much everything's going up um dom thank you so much for speaking with me i um as always am as i say this all the time i'm checking deadline.com multiple times a day because it's breaking news 24 hours a day seven days a week uh when do you rest
0: i sleep when i'm dead <laughs>
1: there you go dominic patton thank you so much and of course uh deadline is is the destination for everything that is going on in uh in you know entertainment hollywood the behind the scenes in front of the scenes everything it is the one-stop destination and i can't thank you enough for speaking with me
0: thank you my friend dom
1: Patton. love having him on the show Always, I mean, he is just a wealth of knowledge. That's why he is senior editor at Deadline Hollywood, Deadline.com. Once again, thanks to Dom for joining me. Thank you for listening. Get, like I said, look, Pop Culture Weekly, you know, I am one person and I do the content myself. You know, I'm lucky enough to have people that help me get it out there and all that stuff. But I'm a one-man show in that regard. And so there's no way... I can cover even a fraction of the stuff that Deadline does, and that's why they are my go-to source. I love Deadline. Always have. I use them, uh, like I said, throughout the day, multiple times a day to see what is going on because they're breaking the news of, you know, pop culture, what's going on in Hollywood. So Deadline.com, thank you. Thank you to Dom once again. We'll have him on again, of course. And um, I thank you for hanging out with me once again. Please, if you enjoy this episode, share it. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. What do you think about the strike? Let's talk on social. I'm at KMacMusic on Twitter and Instagram and uh, threads. I'm at Kyle Mac- or I'm, you know, Kyle McMahon or real Kyle McMahon everywhere else. So hit me up. Let's discuss. All of your favorite pop culture. All right. I love you. See you next week. We out. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Weekly. Hear all the latest at popcultureweekly.com. When you got a hundred voices singing, who could hear a lousy whistle blow? And the world will know. And the world will learn. And the world will wonder how we made the tables turn. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robin Hood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah.